Hey, welcome back to Convergence. Today we're joined again. I'm I'm joined here with Daniel Suddeth of the Glasgow Daily Times, of course, Brennan Crane with WCLU News, and we're joined in studio this afternoon uh, with someone pretty special, aren't we, Daniel? Absolutely. <laughs> Pleasure to have and be joined by Manny Gessling, a uh, local resident here, and fits perfectly in the topic that we want to tackle today, which is homelessness and homelessness in Barron County and South Central Kentucky, and we're joined by Matt, Mandy Gessling, who has uh, helped organize volunteer organization locally, Shelter Barron County. Mandy, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you, Daniel. Why don't you start by just giving us a recap, just kind of why you guys saw the need for this organization and just a little bit of general what your mission is. Okay, um, real quickly, um, two years ago, uh, the catalyst for all this is a lady... Um, froze to death in the parking lot here in Glasgow. Um, it was not because she was homeless, but it did make me think um, about those that were. And so I was new to the county, and I was trying to find out where the shelter was, and um, I found out there was not one. So then I was wondering, where do people go when this it's this cold? Because then it was um, below zero for over a week, I think. Um, and that was kind of what uh, drove me to start researching and um, getting to know uh, elected officials and that kind of thing. Right, right. Where do people go in Barron County? What have you found? Um, I found that people in Barron County go anywhere but Barron County. Right. <laughs> um, we still do not have a shelter. I have been um, an advocate for about two years now. I think you ran the first story, Daniel. And um, we do have uh, the Barron County Detention Center, um, the lobby of the jail, um, which is good. That keeps people alive. But I envision somewhere where people can get resources and Instead of constantly going to the jail and going to Feed America and going to community action over and over again, have one place where they can shelter for a while and get all the resources they need so they can get back on their feet and get them in homes quickly. And um, so just in homelessness, not to keep uh, enabling it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know we think of homelessness generally, you know, big city. We see someone panhandling, asking for money and that sort of thing. As Brennan has written stories about uh, talking about that food insecurity, that, that, you know, level of risk where you right on the edge of being homelessness. I know, Brennan, you've looked in some stats just about, uh, and I think would be great to share those, just how much on the edge we really are that a lot of, you know, really catches me by surprise when I read your story and, you know, think about those numbers. Sure. So, of course, uh, you know, like Mandy said, over the last couple of years, especially, we've really seen a spike, I think, in um, people around the community trying to somewhat intervene or maybe make a difference between um, homelessness or food insecurity. But across the state, uh, according to FeedingAmerica.org, um, there are 662,360 people in Kentucky who are food insecure. Um, and of course, that number, we, we have stats across all counties, but that translates to about 15% across the state. Uh, but Mandy, you said that there are people here locally, of course, too, that are, you know, you said going to other places and stuff. So, so what does this look like on a local level? Um, as far as food insecurity or homelessness or both? Well, let's go with food insecurity first. Okay. Um, 
Well, that is one place where I think Barron County excels. Um, there, there are lots of um, food pantries, lots of churches that are helping. We now have um, the Feeding America program. Um, and uh, Shelter Barron County, along with a lot of other churches, have put up what's known as Blessing Box blessing boxes and um some people call them little food pantries but we basically if you can give you put food in if you need food you take food out um so i think there's a real effort on the part of the community to uh stop hunger and um try to prevent food insecurity sure and uh, exactly like daniel said so um, just, you know, ran a story this week about um, how some Glasgow high school students are working to do this. And of course, um, the Barron County school system kind of has their own right. program with the Reads and Feeds program. Uh, but speaking about those blessing boxes, um, you know, here on West Bain, especially, I see the, the blessing box that's at the ReStore up the street. Yes. Um, and I have driven by on multiple occasions, and I've seen people using that. Um, but I think that's a while that is great, I think it's a statement to show that, you know, these things matter to our community. Right. It's uh, simply something that really needs to be looked into, and it, and it has on food insecurity. Now, going back to homelessness, I know you said there are several uh, maybe avenues people can get temporary help, but as far as maybe getting long-term help or being able to get back on their feet, per se, uh, what's that looking like now? Um, There are more people... Um, community agencies, elected officials that are trying to help with homelessness. Um, I think the problem is cohesiveness. Um, a lot of people who are experiencing homelessness do not have transportation. So if they, like, community action could help them um, with food, um, community relief might could help them get in a hotel for a couple of days. Um, you know, and a church might be able to give them food. Ralph Bunch might be able to give them a hot meal, but they're all spread apart. And if a person was carrying their belongings and trying to make all this happen, um, it would be a very long process to say the least. Um, so I think one answer is transportation, but again, I envision somewhere where everything's under one roof, even if it's, uh, once a month, these agencies come in, volunteer, give them the resources they need all in one place, all in one day. Um, there'll be things that such as driver's license, um, you know, you have to go there to get your picture made, that kind of stuff. Right. But there are an awful lot of things that could be done in a day just around a table. Sure. I know in talking with people about this issue, there's some who believe that the problem is, for lack of better terminology, overestimated that there aren't as many homeless people as, as people have, as some people have suggest. But I know there are homeless people, and why don't you talk a little bit about your experience, with, for example, in Edmonton, Metcalf County, where there actually are people from here that are, they're not being, they're not, there's not a permanent shelter here, so they're looking at going to a different county surrounding us for, for those services. Yeah, one of those shelters is in Edmonton, and um, it is a, a really nice shelter in the middle of Bowling Park, and um, 
the community really comes together down there and helps um, in so many ways, volunteering and that kind of thing. Um, it's a, a pretty high barrier shelter. You Down there, you have to be able to um, pass a background check. Um, but even through all that, um, in 2017, they had 27 people from Barron County stay there and that's not including children um and also in 2018 they had around 20 as well and um again that does not include children um and a lot of it is uh young mothers with children right i'm talking with uh brennan one reason we wanted to bring this issue up at this point in time it seems like last year there was a lot of conversation about this in terms of potentially finding a permanent shelter in Barron County. Um, Lord knows we have plenty of empty buildings around here, unfortunately, from different reasons. It seemed like it kind of hit a bit of a snag. It seems like that conversation's kind of died out, especially from what I would say an elected official standpoint. It doesn't seem like there's that momentum, whereas there's people like you volunteers who are out on the front line doing this. A lot of our wonderful churches in the community do this work absolutely and the volunteers we have at shelter bear and county i i couldn't do anything without them sure let me ask you can we have a shelter in barron county though in your view without some sort of government involvement in some sort of capacity um yes it is possible um government would have to be involved to the extent that um they would have to be for having a shelter. If the local government does not approve of having a shelter, we cannot have a shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you can bankroll it yourself, right. which that's very expensive. Right. Um, but if you want to be a nonprofit to receive grants to open a shelter, you have to have, to have the approval of the local government. Um, I'm not sure where they stand on that right now. I think Michael Hill... Um, applied for a grant, which may have opened the door for that. I'm not sure. Um, we're trying to become a nonprofit, but um, uh, I just don't see it happening sure, anytime real process. soon. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Just let me play devil advocate for a minute. I'm I'm always pretty good at that. One, okay. Some arguments we hear. I'd like for you to respond because you're one of our local experts on this. We shouldn't have a shelter. I wouldn't say expert. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to call you an expert. <laughs> Sounds you're, like it for sure. You're humble. If we get a shelter, police are going to have to be more involved in that. We don't have the resources for that. That's something we hear. What do you? What's your response when people say that? Um, in a community like ours, I think it would actually help crime rate go down. Um, because, like I said, you're not just giving them a place to sleep. You're giving them resources for instance, all the drug problems that we have in our community right now. Um, if we can get these people the help that they need to help them fight their addiction, um, then there's a citizen that's going to get a job, that's going to spend money um, and contribute to the community. So I think, um, in my opinion, I think a shelter would help crime rate go down not up sure and i had one more thought about this too um i was going to ask a while back but um what what sort of people are we seeing that really need a shelter you know that we can say that they're homeless people but what sort of people are these because it's i think it would be unfair to assume everyone maybe that needs a shelter as a criminal or you know like you said there's mothers with children right 
Um, a lot of what we see in this community is evictions. Um, there's a lack of affordable housing. Um, and on top of that, the, the wages here are not great. Um, unless, you know, you've had a college education and etc. Um, so the wages don't meet, uh, what the rent is in rental housing. So people are paying instead of what's recommended 30% or below, they're paying 50% or higher in rent. So that makes it to where, and that is what, where your food insecurity comes in because people are having to pay their rent almost all their check, which leaves them very little to pay utilities, food, medicine, things that children need, that kind of stuff. Um, And when they can't meet the rent, they get evicted and they have nowhere to go because the deposits and that kind of stuff are so high to get in anywhere. Sure. I'll be devil's advocate again. (laughs) Okay. Randy, I believe we should have a shelter. We definitely need one. But I think churches and volunteer organizations like yours should take the lead on it, leave the government out of it. We don't need to have any involvement in it. What's your, your, I've heard that, that response from some. What do you think about that? I think if the government were involved in some way, there would be more transparency um, so that the people of the community could see um, more what's going on if they were um, concerned about what's going on in the shelter. That would be a good way to um, be able to keep track of notes, um, what they're spending, what they're spending it on that kind of thing however i don't feel that government has to be involved in it i think that um if they would just cooperate to where uh folks could get grants to open a shelter that would uh that would free up a a lot of um resources yeah well it would free up the way to for somebody to be able to open a shelter then there's the argument. Um, I'm, I'm being the devil's advocate. Sorry. <clears throat> Brendan, you can be mean in here sometime too. If you <laughs> um, Devil's well. advocate question again. If we build a shelter, we're going to get a lot of homeless people from other counties. They're going to come from Bowling Green. They're going to come from Edmonton, Tompkinsville. We're going to have this. If you build it, they will come. Yes, we're going to have a huge invasion of homeless people in Glasgow. Um, again, research shows that that's not true. Um, most of the time, people that stay in shelters are from the community that the shelter is in i think it's um you'll have to google it but i think Mm. it's up to 70 percent are community people um because people don't want to leave where they grew up where all their friends and family are they Mm. just don't have a home so usually um bowling green the places that you just named those people are going to try to stay in bowling green and um the people in our community, I feel, is who we would be helping most, mm-hmm. not so much everybody else. And just as a review, of course, for those who may have not followed this topic since it's, you know, going on, mm-hmm. um, what are some potential maybe spaces that we see that could be used for an area like this? Um, well, to begin with, you could just use a large house. Um, if uh, That's what Metcalf County uses, correct? Or do they have a... Um, no, it's actually, it's, I don't know what I would call it. I I guess I would call it more like apartments, okay. but not yeah. like two-story. It's sure. just one. Sure. Um, but 
uh, there, if you uh, research Housing First, they uh, have webinars that show you how um, you can divide spaces, like between men or women or however you want to break it up. Um, I, I think that if you had, say, a four-bedroom house with two or three bathrooms, that would be a great start. Um, I don't think people need to freak out and um, say our property values or property values. There's also, um, I noticed urgent care is closed. That would be a great place. Um, there's, you know, it's only limited by imagination. Sure. And also something else, um, talk a little bit about some personal encounters that you may have had. Uh, just to put into context that homelessness in Barron County in Glasgow is real. I, it's definitely real. I have people reach out to me, um, message me. They know somebody that's homeless or they are about to be homeless. Um, a couple of days ago, my husband and I, Mark, and I um, encountered an individual experiencing homelessness. Um, I'm not going to say where he is because we haven't got him placed yet. Sure. Um, but um, he had... He has um, applied for jobs. He's uh, gone to all the resource centers. This is according to him. I haven't called everybody. Sure. Um, and uh, has not been able to get into the place permanently. I think he did have a hotel room for a couple of weeks. That ran out. All his stuff was stacked up behind a building and he couldn't leave it because he was afraid someone would steal it. So he's basically just stuck there guarding his stuff. So even if we had something as simple as lockers, um, that would be uh, a big help. But sure. I digress. Um, he he had made a makeshift shelter. Um, he had a few blankets, not many. Um, and he's going to need... Uh, you know, a lot of help. He he has nothing. He has no car, no job, no nothing. So we're starting from scratch with him. And um, hopefully we'll be able to get it figured out. Sure. And uh, this is a good point, I think, to ask that, um, you know, how do you necessarily, um, this is sort of maybe seems like a silly question, but how do you identify that someone may need help that, you know, because... We think, again, like Daniel said earlier, homelessness is real everywhere. Um, and we, you know, live in a fairly rural area. Um, and that's another interesting thing. Are we seeing more homelessness in the city or in the rural areas, or is it? Um, what the the rural population of homeless homelessness is growing. Um, they have a term called couch surfing now. Um it's uh, not counted, like HUD does not count people who do not have homes but are staying um, with friends or relatives. Uh, the problem is friends or relatives always get tired of having someone in their home that, you know, eventually they're going to have to get out. And um, when they do, there's no room for them. And this is called hidden homelessness. Um, and there's a lot of that in Barron County, more so than what you see, per se, in town. Um, I get a lot of reports of that. Um, and then um, 
homelessness doesn't look like it used to or or how it does in the bigger cities um, with the stereotypical cup and the hobo, what our older folks would call hobo clothes. Sure. Um, people try to dress their best to disguise themselves so people do not know they're homeless, especially towns that criminalize being homelessness. Um, if it's against the law, you don't want to be caught being homeless as ridiculous as that sounds um so they they try uh to just blend in um and make it so um there's all kinds of homelessness and all kinds of ways to deal with it it's just uh which modality you want to go into Absolutely. Sure. How can the average person help? How can they reach your organization? And what, what is it that you all need in the interim? Obviously, a shelter would be great, but what can we do on the minute level to, to help this problem here locally? I would say um, give donations to those who um, do the most work. Community action, community relief, um, the soup kitchen, any, any of these places that are given resources to people um we give out resources we sometimes get funding um and we can help very little but they actually get grants but they don't go very far so i would say donate 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 um food money clothes blankets any anything um you can um and if you need help as to where to give it to or a phone number or address or whatever, you can contact Shelter Bearing County on Facebook. Excellent. And just as a larger scale, um, in terms of we don't want to forget that we need a shelter, so how can people become involved with this and uh, push for this? Um, again, if you go to the Shelter Bearing County Facebook page or group, I'm not sure which one it's on, um, we have all the ele- elected officials' phone numbers and emails um, right at the top of the screen. Um, nobody wants to get involved in politics, but this is political, so um, you have to you have to get in there and call your elected representatives, local, state, um, anybody you can think of, and let them know that you want a shelter. Absolutely, and just as another note, I know you said. Uh, you know, making donations and things. And of course, um, you know, we received uh, or have been receiving some notification about uh, the Thanksgiving feast that's going on yes. at, uh, at the Ralph Bunch Community Center. And of course, that is going to be on November 28th from 11 to 4. Um, and that again, that's at the Ralph Bunch Center. So um, I think that's a great way for, again, people in need to maybe, you know, get some things there, like you said. But the bottom line is, is I think, uh, you know, I applaud you for your mission, and I applaud Thank you, you. Um, everyone for being involved in that. But of course, it's going to take more, and more people must become involved. We we are clearly seeing to make this thing go forward. So. Absolutely, and I would just say, this Daniel Sudeth, not speaking for any organization or anyone else, it seems like in a community where we can spend thousands of dollars on studies and master plans that we don't even use and whatnot that you know i've written about this before this isn't a surprise i feel we could be doing a lot more from a government standpoint to help homelessness whether putting money toward a shelter giving more money to these organizations to fight homelessness that are out in the front lines actually doing the work for free basically 
So uh, definitely I, for me. <laughs> and I think I think it's that's time to put up or shut up, as they say. We heard we've heard a lot of talk about this over the past year. It's been kicked around. Uh, we're about to be facing it. It's already cold, and it's only going to get colder in the next few months. And I think it's really time to. Let, let's do something about it instead of just talking about it. I agree. And I just want to say I applaud the community. Um, we have uh, between both Facebook pages um, around 2,000 members, and they they rally every single time we ask them to. And I just want the community to know that we really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. and. Uh, you know, again, this was a great topic. I think, um, like Daniel said, it's uh, we're getting into that point in the year where we see a, a greater need, or it, at least it becomes more apparent that we need um, a sheltered area for people who might not have a, a home or a place to sleep at night. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, both of you. Well, Brendan, another interesting show. Mandy definitely brought out some good points, and uh, homelessness, obviously, an issue that not a lot of people maybe think about in Barron County, but obviously is a prevalent one. Yes, this uh, was a great episode. In fact, I think I told Mandy that this this episode is uh, pretty good from the standpoint that it, it really caused the action, I think, and uh, it's something that we can't continue to neglect in our community. Right, and that's the point of this podcast. We want to get to issues that uh, concern and affect all of us and hear from the experts on those. And we are very thankful that you took time out of your day to listen to us. Um, as always, this has been Convergence. This is a joint effort between the Glasgow Daily Times and WCLU Radio. Brennan, why don't you tell them how they can get a hold of you? Sure. So you can reach me at Bren, B-R-E-N-N dot Crane, C-R-A-I-N at gmail.com. And uh, the station phone, 270-651-9149. And use it, uh, Daniel? And you can get a hold of me at D-S-U-D-D-E-A-T-H at GlasgowDailyTimes.com. Give us a call at 270-678-5171. We'd love to hear from you. And let's not forget, Daniel, of course, uh, we're on Apple Podcasts now, aren't we're we? pretty much a big deal, Brendan. I don't know <laughs> what else to, to say it, but yeah, yeah, we, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts now as well. Sure. So all you have to do is search Convergence, um, or you can search uh, Daniel Suddeth or Brennan Crane and uh, it'll pop up there. So uh, that just makes it easy. If you have an iPhone or an Apple product, you can sort of just put that in your queue. And each time we upload an episode, you'll get a notification. But of course, you can always visit our sites uh, for that too. So GlasgowDailyTimes.com for you, right? GlasgowDailyTimes.com. WCLURadio.com for me. So as you said, uh, we we hope you join us uh, at a later point on Convergence. Thank you. Thank you.